0: Welcome to AZ Sports with Matt and Rich. Matt, you guys know as AZ Sports Guy, me, Rich, I'm a nobody. Let's get right into this and just start recording this podcast.
1: You act like I'm not a nobody.
0: (laughs) Well, you're somebody, I am uh, a nobody. I guess we'll start with if you're coming over from AZ Sports Guy and you're looking at me and going, who the hell am I? Uh, Great question. I don't know who I am in the first place, but I'm one of Matt's friends, and I'm a big sports fan, and I got the privilege and honor to be a co-host with Matt and start up this podcast.
1: Oh, and if you want your actual claim to fame, uh, we met because you we won a, a giveaway. I forgot what player that was, but it was an autographed like, poster.
0: Oh, yeah. I That's at my dad's house. I don't know where... <laughs> I it's probably on his desk. He was going to make like a collage with them all and I don't think he ever did it. But it's it's in the stack somewhere.
1: I I'm just I'm not going to lie. I just want to thank you one last time for not murdering me cuz that would have been no bueno. I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have cared for that.
0: Yeah, that's the risk of uh meeting people online and uh meeting up with them in real life. But Luckily I didn't and we're doing a podcast now. Let's hop into a couple subjects. So as you guys can see we are wearing hockey stuff. I figure let's hop right into the hockey talk. I know you had a couple of points you want to go down. Uh, would you like to go over your first point?
1: Uh, yeah the first point I want to talk about is Carol Vamelka. So <laughs> the, the goaltending, goaltending in general has been Either like ridiculously bad, uh, Hutton and and Prozatov, unfortunately, for the couple games he had, or borderline god tier with Carol (laughs) Melka, Scott Wedgwood, uh, Thornton coming out of nowhere to what is it? He was an undrafted rookie that earned an entry level contract with the Coyotes that just got signed about a month ago. So let's let's talk about goaltending real quick and how this went from something that could have been really bad if Prozatov did not pan out to. Prozy could suck, and and we're probably still going to be fine for at least the next couple of years.
0: For sure, and I definitely have to say, like, that just shows you how good Corey Schwab is at his job. How many careers has that man revitalized here in the desert? Like, it is insane. And not to say that Vimalco had a failing career or anything like that, but... He came out of nowhere. He was in a rookie camp for the Coyotes, and (laughs) now he's got a three-year contract, which is crazy, you know, and that's that's big boy money, you know, for a guy who came out of the Czech League, which I don't even know how much they get paid, but I'm assuming under $100,000, and now he's making a few stacks a year or something like that. It's like a $1.5 million contract. Like well, I
1: thought it was like two point seven five I was gonna go three years and nine million for Wedgwood if I was the GM, oh. just over overpay a bit to kind of help you save the salary for, but apparently they actually just gave that to to Melka, just minus a little bit because I guess three is too much for our boy veggie
0: now question do you think the Wedgemeister comes back in the off season?
1: Uh, I, I think probably, Uh, look as much as I am, I'm big on Ivan Prozotov, anyone's been following me for any length of time knows. I think he can be the goalie of the future taking a few steps back this year, but it happens with, with prospects in general, especially goalies. But if, if he does not take that step going into next training camp that I was assuming he would to kind of steal that backup job. You're going to need another NHL-level goaltender. Wedgwood played well here both times being claimed for free off of waivers, both Mm -hmm. times ending a terrible start to season. So you you kind of need that as you can call him a lightning rod. You can call him good luck. You can call him common sense. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to bring him back. But if Dallas also can find a way to be semi-competitive and make it into the playoffs, they also might want to extend him because their goaltending situation is also a thing.
0: Well, how many, how many guys do they have under contract? That's the interesting thing to me that I look at. They've got Holpe, they've got Ottinger, and they've got uh, the third guy. They have already quite a few guys under contract, and I'm wondering. Now, maybe they're up this season. I haven't gone in too much of a depth look about it, but it makes me wonder if, if uh, you know they just don't have the spot for him. Right now they do because of injuries, but... If the spot's not there, you know, he could end up having to walk again. And with just how great of a personality he is, you need that around an organization right now that's going to be going through a couple tough years, you know. You're going to be at a small arena, which I do think will be fun. But, you know, we don't know how that's going to look after year three, you know. You could kind of get tired of it as a, a player being like, oh haha we're the butt end of the joke every on ice you know altercation or spat is oh look at where you play blah, 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 blah. you know after three years of that you kind of might get tired of it so you need good personalities to keep the locker room settled and you know stable that you're not just a train wreck emotionally so I, I definitely think that he can provide that he seems pretty Battle hardened, I guess is the best way to explain it. After the career that he's had to uh, go through with being a, a wafer pick up, what four or five times, I think. You know, he, yeah, for
1: different teams, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's definitely a guy that you you'd, you'd want to kind of keep around in your locker room.
1: Yeah, I I think that especially I. I to feel for him a little bit because at least from the way he was talking or the way it was kind of being reported on that he was talking that he wanted to have some sort of stability and i know Galchenyuk, he kept his house here he always loved it here he said he wanted to come back here Uh, there's always a possibility in a couple years for maybe Dvorak might want to come back he kept his house here so there's plenty of guys that like arizona like the market like the weather that would like this to be their stable home i would not be surprised if wedgwood Even if he was a little bit bitter about it, which obviously I would understand, but he said, you know, hockey is a business. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if his agent was taking calls or uh, if they already had some sort of under the under the counter agreement, kind of like with uh, Vermette, where, you know what, we're going to go let you compete and just come back to us next offseason. We'll give you some money.
0: Yeah. And Vermette was able to win a cup. And if my memory serves me with Chicago, he was able to, like, put up like three game winning goals or something like that. You know that's the thing is you never know, and Wedgwood could be that guy where, you know, if Ottinger struggles and all of a sudden they're like, oh crap, and they go with Wedgewood, he could win a couple rounds or even a cup. I mean, it's not too far fetched to say that Dallas was in the, the finals, you know, two years ago with against Tampa Bay's first cup. Yeah, because yeah, they won. Was,
1: that was their, their Mickey Mouse cup.
0: Their Mickey Mouse <laughs> as, cup, yeah. As they
1: were called. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'd like to hop into another topic here. I,
1: I sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh well, sorry, you were cutting out there for a second.
1: Oh, I I was just gonna basically say that with Dallas's goaltending situation, I think Bishop's up at the end of the year because his career is done. Hudobin's also up at the end of the year. You have no idea what's gonna go on with Holtby because they might not want another Older, injury-prone goaltender, is probably going to take the reins of that starting job if, again, he maintains the form of what he's been doing. So it's still a possibility they might want to keep him, but I think that there's still a really good chance he ends up coming back to Arizona.
0: Okay, for sure. And uh, so let's hop into another subject here. I want to talk about the non-trade, the big, the big fish in Arizona, as we talk about, and that is... Senior Jacob Shikrin, do you think it was the right call to wait on a trade at the deadline for him?
1: Uh, I have uh, two perspectives on this. As uh, if we're talking about purely if that hypothetical, ridiculous Florida offer was on the table, no. But since that hypothetical ridiculous Florida offer was very likely not on the table, I think it's actually a really smart decision, primarily because he can get a couple more games in, get a little more healthy, and especially, you know, you got contracts coming off the books, people are going to have more assets, right there at the draft, that's when you're kind of, you're planning your next steps, and you... you Chickren is still a guy you can build around. I have reservations primarily because of, of the two knee surgeries and how he's never played more than I think it's 63 games in a season. His only full season was that shortened 56-game season last year. So I have enough concerns where I'm like, if you can get that haul, do it. But I think it's probably the smartest option to to wait to the draft because they're going to have more teams that might actually have the space, have the extra contracts, have the assets, start a bidding war, and you just might actually get the hypothetical totally on the table Anton Lundell deal.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, Florida wins a cup, right? Like, let's say they win that cup. Do they look at bringing the hometown kid home? Boca Raton native, right? Bring him home. And all you're giving up is, you know, a finished prospect that was playing on your third line. As you, as we saw this deadline, they were able to pick up those third line assets for pretty good deals. And, you know, you, you look at it and you go, oh, man, he's the future. He's a future Barkov. You have a Barkov right now. Like, where is he going to sit? Is he just going to sit on your third line for five or six years? No. You know, so... It, it kind of makes sense and they desperately need not desperately but you know having a left-handed defenseman for them is a good option like they they it, you know it's not just like a oh let me cram him in on the you know in their their lineup it's no he could absolutely play in uh you know top line minutes in Florida uh, so it makes a lot of sense to me that that could be a potential future another thing I want to reiterate on was with that knee injury uh, it wasn't just uh two knee surgery two knee surgeries on the same knee it was a knee surgery on each knee so that is scary for me and I've heard a lot of people say, oh uh you know sports medicine has come a long way um he was young when that happened, but for every inkling that I've seen like knee injuries you know, reduce the likelihood of you having a long and prosperous career. Uh, We see that with just so many, I mean, even just, you know, other sports and stuff like that. You see that there's a knee injury and some guys just come back and they're not the same. Luckily, he's been okay the past nine games before he got injured again. Um, That could be because of a difference from, you know, coaching and stuff like that. Uh, Maybe disgruntledness because we do know that he was... Uh, had a very large friendship with Christian Dvorak. And when Christian Dvorak was left in the offseason uh, from that trade, you know, that could have really messed with him morally speaking.
1: Well, on top of that, if you notice, that was kind of around when the chickens no longer untouchable rumors started happening which at the time I dismissed but also said there's a possibility because the Instagram post where he was clearly publicly upset about the trade that could have started some sort of rift you could have the guy saying look I don't want to spend uh, these specific years of my career playing for this team I I don't really listen to what certain pundits like for example John Gambadoro say but even someone like him saying he doesn't think chicken wants to be here I think there might have you, you can't have that much smoke and no fire whatsoever. So it just, mm-hmm. you look at a lot of that, you look at just how sluggish he was to start this season. That mm-hmm. one run before he got re-injured, he was playing borderline phenomenal, almost exactly like he was the previous season. I don't know yep. if it was just gearing up for the deadline. A lot of guys do that. I don't know if it was just him finally hitting that stride, but <laughs> yeah, with with Chikrin, that could have started something. And especially with those knee injuries, look, even if he could have a long and prosperous career, that could, those knee injuries could be the difference in the long term between him being a career, you know, top pairing defenseman and fitting in somewhere on the second and third pairing, not being as explosive. And when that contracts up, especially because of the Carlson and Doughty contracts, I don't necessarily want to be paying if he if you're seeing what you're seeing right now, I don't necessarily want to have a 10 million dollar a year contract on the books for chikrin so if you can sell high and to just be specific about what i was talking about the specific rumor was spencer knight anton lundell in two first which is ridiculous and i wouldn't have given that a second thought if, if that was a real offer i would have said you can have them and like half of our equipment you, you can have some arby's gift cards or something just thank you thank you for a top goaltending prospect at a future center
0: and just to uh, just to point out there, uh, with Florida, they are a very big contender. Those firsts are not nearly as valued as, uh, you know, somebody who is more rebuilding. I want to point that out because I think a lot of people miss that. if Florida is, you know, their first round pick's 28 plus in multiple drafts, it's not nearly as valuable as a top 15 first overall, or sorry, uh, first round pick. So, you know, keep that in mind before everybody goes to first what like that's crazy well we now we can look at the tampa deal with brandon hagel and they got two firsts out of that one now that was a amazing cap that's why they did it they had to for you know cap control um but at the same deal chikrin's on a pretty good cap if he's a norse caliber d man on a pretty good cap now we see whether that two first pick you know uh could be in uh in the equation I don't know how I feel about it. I love Chick, but if we see him go at the draft and we see him maybe go to a team, I think like LA and maybe get a a high pick from them and maybe like a Turcotte, I don't think we're going to get a Brant Clark, but if Brant Clark's name is thrown out there, that's a real nice asset. Um, Overall, I think that, I think something does happen at the deadline. I think something happens.
1: Yeah, I I would be surprised if at the very least after the draft there wasn't some sort of this deal almost happened. Like I, I would actually be genuinely shocked if there wasn't something along those lines. So yeah. Now that we're talking about the deals that didn't happen, I want your opinion on the man, the myth, the burgermeister himself, Phil Kessel. How What are your thoughts on that? And there was a lot of, well, I don't want to say a lot of, there was a surprising amount of uh, online fan controversy about, you know, taking on that dead money for Johan Larson to get the higher asset, the third round pick instead of trading Kessel. Or in my opinion, there just wasn't that market. He's still, you know, setting up guys, sure, whatever, but the goal scoring has gone down so much to where no one really wanted that asset
0: so i think what gets missed in this topic everybody talks about oh how can you do that to phil kessel he deserves another cup run bloody body body i don't disagree he is a veteran you know he does deserve to be on another team but we don't look at the other side of this which is johan Larson. johan Larson has played on some kind of crap teams and he's finally getting the ability to go and play for a contender how's it how's it you know fair to say oh phil kessel deserves better and just screw Johan Larson. Like Johan Larson's going to a legitimate, you know, threat in Washington. And the big thing was we always said, hey, you can get Phil Kessel right now for a second. Halfway through the season, hey, you can get Phil Kessel now for a third. Right? His play didn't help that. Obviously, not scoring goals, you know, being a sniper, uh definitely hurts your your uh you know what you can get traded for. But ultimately, they were always looking for a third, at least from my my, uh, point of view. They were always at least looking for a third for retaining on that cap. They found the third for retaining on the cap. They did exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah, it sucks that Phil didn't get moved. But at the same time, everybody knew he was available all season. Everybody knew that they were willing to retain 50% all season. Nothing happened. And we saw that call come out pretty late at the deadline uh, for Johan Larson. I'm assuming nobody entertained the thought. And Bill Armstrong went, well, crap, I got to do something with that retainment slot. So he retained on Johan Larson. I don't think it was like a, oh, uh, Nashville was calling, but, you know, the retainment slot was just, it was filled, so they were screwed I'm assuming he was talking very depth with everybody and was like, Hey, if you want this retainment slot, you need to do it soon or else I'm making this trade with Washington. Nobody entertained the thought. So he made the he pulled the trigger on the deal with Johan Larson.
1: I think if anything, that just shows how good of a GM that Armstrong is, because when you're looking at, I completely agree there. We've known pretty much, I'm assuming these trade talks had to have started at least in the off season, but when it came out towards the start of the season, that Kessel actually requested a trade before the previous season, this Mm. has to have been talked about for quite some time to get, you know, Kessel out of here. And then if you look at that, no one's really biting, no one's biting. You can still at least get a third-round pick and move on from Larson, who, let's be honest here, good player, we don't really have a use for him. Right now, it's much more yep. valuable to have a young you know, center get that ice time, because it, it's that's how you develop your players, you develop your talent. It's one thing we never really did under Chika and Takit, you know? Just a yep. l- little bit of venting there, but... If you're going to make a quick move right there, it's, hey, this isn't going to work out. And as he said throughout the entire season, multiple interviews on the radio and just in different aspects, Armstrong's always said they're not going to force a deal where it doesn't make sense. And the way I see it now is now I got something to look forward to for the the summer because then the Kessel jerseys get cheap and I'll get a couple more jerseys because (laughs) I have a spending problem.
0: True. Very true. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it was good all around. I you know, it sucks to not get Kessel on a playoff team, but at the end of the day, that retainment slot was for a third at least, and you know, GMBA did exactly what he did. He got a third for it. Sorry, you know, that's business. You know, you don't just get to complain and go to a you know, playoff team. And for nothing, you know, you still, you still want something. There's a reason why we paid a second for McBain. Oh, we could have waited until the off season when he became a free agent. You know, no, you do the right thing. Hey, Minnesota, we're gonna pay you a second for us to try to get the rights to to sign this guy. You know, it's doing proper business. And you know, it's funny because we see a lot of like the, oh, the Coyotes are shady off off business you know they don't pay people it's like okay but in sports they've been you know doing the the right thing in that sense of trying to acquire assets and not be super shady about getting those assets
1: i actually really want to talk about and that's actually a, a pretty good little segue see what you did there what GMBA did right there is they did the hard work, you know, throughout the offseason, throughout this season, trying to gain those assets. And one thing that is, it's, I guess it's the, be- it's the best mirage in all of sports is how valuable assets are, draft picks and whatnot, and if you can turn them into players right now, because sometimes you get let's just say Anthony Beauvilliers and you get other guys, you know, Connor Garland's later in drafts or in second rounds. Sometimes you end up getting nobody or you get Brandon Gormley and Mark Byzantine <laughs> with
0: first round picks. But Brandon Pirlini. right there.
1: Man. You have a young kid. <laughs> oh my God. Pirlini could have been so good. I, I'll, I'll leave it in the past. I'll just leave it in the past, but right there it's, Hey, we had these second round picks. This is the worst of our second round picks that we're going to be moving on from this guy jack mcbain he does not want to sign with minnesota because of how much he's going to have to compete for ice time which wouldn't be beneficial for him in the long run so if you're looking at that just from his business perspective he wants the maximum amount of opportunity so he can make money obviously so you know that kid's going to be motivated coming in the next year i would hope that after 50 or so gains if it works out you extend him between three and five years whatever that cap hit would be but yep. right there you're hey this kid, he's ready to play now. He's playing well at the college level. Uh, I don't remember if he was the one that played at the Olympics or not. I think he, I think him and Smith both did. But I'll, I'll to fact check that. I don't know in. about. But I don't know about this Smith. Kid's but he's well definitely. Right now. Did. So it's like this kid's playing well right now. This second round pick could be nothing. It could be a Connor Garland type player. It could be Mark Byzantine. So you get that mm-hmm. guy right now because Minnesota wanted to, obviously to. to retain him you had i think it was montreal that was in on that the coyotes outbid montreal the good old canadian boys they outbid the state of hockey all right look you could say whatever you want about the coyotes they at the very least did smart business manage that asset properly and at the very least let's say McBain said straight up says i don't want to be here after the you know around the deadline that's still gonna be a talented player you could still probably flip for at least another second round pick and say we tried and you just neutral on your asset, worst case scenarios. So I think that was also really smart thinking on the, on the part of GMBA being like, Hey, this, we need more center depth. We need more young, talented players. This kid's probably going to be ready next year. Let's do it. Let's get it done.
0: Yeah. And, um, I definitely think that, you know, giving the worst of your seconds is really awesome. And then on top of that, um, I think Montreal, let me go check real quick. Okay, so Montreal has a conditional second with uh, the Oilers. I don't know if that's able to be flipped. But, you know, it was either give up Montreal's second or give up... Uh, I don't even remember what second we gave to them. It was, you know, uh, the worst. It was Vancouver's. when we got in that
1: OEL trade. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's right.
0: And so, like, I'm assuming that Montreal wasn't willing to give up their pick because it could be 34, Right. And that is something that they were probably unwilling to digest with. But I want to say, I don't think that um, it wasn't a case of them not willing to part ways with it because uh, we had an interview on, I think it was AZ Sports, uh, not AZ Sports, uh, Valley Sports. Um, it was either there or maybe it was uh, the Coyotes themselves that did it, but he was interviewed and he was talking about how he actually went to places and then contacted his agent said, yeah, I want to be here. So, that has me thinking, he probably went to Montreal. He probably went there and went, this is what I'm looking at, you know, and then he came here and saw... All the opportunity that he had in Arizona, all the future assets that we're going to have in next year's or well, this upcoming draft with was it now seven assets in the first two rounds? You know,
1: it's ridiculous. And also, we have some solid assets in the in the next draft too. I think twenty twenty three, they got some assets. They own the second round for like the next two years. It belongs mm-hmm. to Arizona.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and Bill Armstrong even was uh even talked about it in that that interview where he said. Hey, look, we don't have a building. It's not going to be pretty, right, to play here for right now. But the future is bright. And for everybody, all you Canadian people, if you're listening, Tempe is booming, okay? They're <laughs> putting billion-dollar project, billion-dollar project, billion-dollar project along the Tempe River or whatever you call it, the Tempe Lake, okay? Tempe Town Lake. This is... A massive asset okay that's the reason why Arizona is not going to lose their hockey team unless it is no this this we can't put a building here we can't put a building here we can't put a building here you're only playing in a college arena then they'll get moved to Houston only then okay I know that you I'm, I'm sorry here I'm 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 spunked up because I've had to battle with so many Canadians about this we have the biggest market that is booming right now. It is insane. TSMC, which is the, the Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing plant, is building a mile-by-mile plant here in Arizona. It's up next to uh, Lake Pleasant. I got to see it. They have like 21 cranes working on that project. It is a massive project. You're going to be seeing more and more businesses fleeing out of California and coming to here to Arizona because... Tax reasons, it's a lot better here. You are going to have so many assets here in Arizona to make a profitable team, to have people who have six figure incomes to go regularly spend on, you know, a sports team. It is booming. And because of the woes from 2007 when the stock market crashed, you know, this team has been in purgatory since then, essentially. And they're finally like pushing that sludge out. And making their way there. And I'm, I'm seeing nothing but good things.
1: Well, I mean, it's been, I, I think it's funny you use the, the term sludge because it ain't pretty coming out because Mm-mm. when something is filled with sludge, you're pushing sludge out. So it's, of course, it's gonna look bad on the way out. But I, yeah. I think I really couldn't have said that better myself. Uh, I'm not sure how much, I'm 99% sure all this is publicly available but I did get this from sources that are people like directly involved with this stuff. Uh, if you look at any of those big, nice office buildings that are surrounding uh, ASU, their facilities, their, their, uh, their, their, their... I, I don't know why I just complexes the stadium's and, name. Yeah. Uh, complexes and then Sun Devil stadium. I don't know why I forgot that. I apologize, but all of that, that land owned by ASU businesses have paid ASU to put those buildings up. Mm-hmm. Alright, one that I know of is that State Farm building. They paid for construction. They're paying ASU to be there. And ASU's <laughs> gonna own it. Like they will they already do. But if State Farm leaves, ASU just either converts it to something else or lets someone else move in. Like especially with, with the coyotes paying up front and getting into bed with ASU, I can tell you right now, that is the equivalent. Alright, that is the equivalent of getting a nice fancy relationship with the casinos out in Vegas. That is mm-hmm. how important that is, and if they that should be enough to sway the, the Tempe City Council, but as a lot of people don't know, and I actually got to inform Urinating Tree about this in his comment section, the land directly next to where they want to build. I want to say it's the, the Salt River Indian community. I always need yep. to double-check that. It's never deal. But... They own that land. That's a very viable bit of land that Coyotes could still buy, and that's also a current bargaining chip from every report that I've read, seen, or just I have a logical brain that can say you would use that. Okay, well, you're going to get the traffic anyway. Do you want the profit that goes along with it, i.e. putting it in Tempe City Limits, or is that all going to our nice friends at the Salt River Indian Community? Which, in my opinion, especially if they agree to pay more on the... I forgot what the term is called but it's it's converting that land now to make it usable If they agree to pay more of that remediating thank you the remediation Mm -hmm. costs they agree to pay i think it's another 30 or 40 million to make all of that coyotes funded i i don't see the city of tempe saying no unless there's like a massive scandal that involves like degeneracy and children which i don't think there is with this organization as bad as things have been so You have to, like, mold it in order to really push the agenda that this has no chance of going through. This is such a realistic possibility. And I guess, fine, I'll give Houston your bone, all right? Because a lot of businesses are, like you just said, fleeing California mainly because a lot of the taxes and a lot of how just expensive it is to operate there. And they're going to Phoenix or going to Houston, Houston recently overpassed Phoenix as the fourth largest city in the country. We still have 1.6 million people, which is a little over a million more than the entire population of Quebec. Of, of course, assuming the numbers that someone in another comment section today gave me that's from Canada. So I'm like, what, what market do you want? The, the market hey. they're already here. That is, that is, Expanding in a very economically viable part of the state that is booming because that's where a lot of a lot of empty land was. It's already a college town because you have Millad. Everything that's been there forever, essentially, at this point. Where are you going to go? There or do you want to share a building with a basketball team? And how well did that work out for the Coyotes in America West?
0: Yeah, and another thing that I see from Canadians is, oh, why didn't they just go to uh, the Footprint Center, which is America West that you were talking about? Why don't they just go to the footprint, sir? It is not viable. You do not know what you're talking about. Like, the sightlines are bad, if, and they read it. <laughs> yeah, if you think that being in a lower bowl stadium is bad, you're not going to be able to sell like half the tickets in the upper bowl. Even if you were able to somehow convince uh, the Suns owner to play in there, the upper bowl you literally cannot see the defensive zone depending on what side you're sitting on. Like, you cannot. It is literally, like, blue line, the the stanchion of the upper bowl. You cannot see the bottom part. So, like, it is not viable to be there. I don't even know if they have the ice equipment to be there. So, there's that, too. They may have just I've heard conflicting
1: got- reports. Craig Morgan said they completely removed it, but Disney on ice still operates there. So, I don't know if it was completely removed or if they just kind of scale back on functionality but honestly in my opinion it would be better to just go to the veterans memorial coliseum the madhouse on mcdowell and even then me and my brother-in-law were joking that i want all these nice drunk canadians getting stabbed on their way out so it's probably just better to go to tempe and play for five thousand people also yeah. because they use an ammonia based system they have to redo that anyway just put that money towards being in tempe and just schmooze up the people that own everything over there
0: yeah, for sure. And um, uh, the the Disney on the ice thing, I want to point out, uh, you can have ice inside a building as long as there is no sun uh, overlapping it and as long as you keep the building cold. I think you can have ice um, in temperatures upwards to 70 degrees uh, as long as there's no sun on it uh, before it will start melting. So, yeah, something interesting about that. That's why uh, the reason I know this is because that's why – uh, the Coyotes have been pushing so hard to try to get an outdoor game uh, because uh, in the right conditions, we can actually support ice here in Arizona uh, for an outdoor game. You can put it in the ballpark stadium and have everything closed up and you'll be able to at least host it for, you know, six hours or whatever before the ice will eventually start to give way.
1: I'm so glad you said that. I, I need to cut you off right here. I do apologize, but I actually made a tweet about that because that ex- borderline the exact same information except for with a little more flair because donor knows a lot more than both of mm-hmm. us but uh he actually explained how that process works and how he would go to different places and, and basically say if they were viable or not for an outdoor game and he explained on the uh i think it was the burn not, not burns game but it was a uh, pickley and Murata, that in a chase field very realistically they could have an outdoor game in arizona uh, i I want to say he also mentioned Sedona, but I don't know where you'd actually put stands to have people up there. But he did say, uh, for some reason, he brought up humidity. I always saw Arizona as a dry heat. I know it does get humid certain times, but he brought up humidity. He brought up, you know, you can have the sun on the ice, but it just depends on how long and also the temperature and how cold you can keep the actual ice surface. And he he got way more technical with it. But, yeah, he basically confirmed Arizona, despite what people might think, which I've heard – dumb takes like one youtube channel saying arizona having the worst ice surface makes sense because they're in the desert i've heard yeah. that is an actual legit brain dead yeah. take i have heard where i'm like you do know it's inside of a building right It, it yeah, whatever it, However, it's,
0: how, it's a <laughs> it's a building made in 2003. it's gonna get bad you know go go to the joe or sorry not the joe um the was sap arena or oh, whatever san jose? The, the san jose one it's awful because it's old. The building is old. The Arizona the, where they play currently in Heeler River Arena, it's an older building. It is below the list of buildings that have been remodeled. It's made it was made in 2003. Okay? This is why the ice surface is not very good. We had pipes literally burst at concerts because the uh, the the uh, arena is old. Like but even then, it, you,
1: it's also still inside. You can still control temperature, unlike an outdoor venue. So it's like yeah. even at the absolute worst case scenario, that takes brain dead on different levels because it's like it's not sitting in the sun out there yeah. in the middle of like the the Tempe or sorry the Tucson to Phoenix wasteland over there on the tent. It's not just sitting over there, just yeah. like getting beat up by the sun. So I'm like I, I've heard some of the dumbest takes, and I I really appreciate that context you gave on top of that because. Age of buildings does you know factor into that, and it can lower the quality of the ice surface. But I'm just saying, it's also they they act as if because we're in the desert, everything is just outside in the heat, as if we aren't innovating different ways to put people inside of doors and 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 windows and air conditioning yeah. everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get us back on degrees. I'm gonna get us back on topic here. It, enough complaining about the uh, the arena situation stuff. Uh, so, let's finish up with taking on dead contracts. Do you think that this should be allowed?
1: Uh alright. I, I don't want to just shoot out hot takes. I feel like that's not very productive. But I feel like grabbing that extra contract, I, I feel like LTIR as a whole, something like that, should only be reserved for guys that aren't going to play for at least to me 60 plus games, but they're not going to play the majority of the season. So it's like that contract still being there, still on the books getting passed around. I'm like, I feel like that should be allowed. The better conversation should be, should LTIR be allowed to to exist the way it is where guys miss, a, I think it's what two months or it's supposed to be at least a month plus And they go on LTIR. Yeah. So it's like, I think it should just be reworked to, it should be a minimum of like 55 games you're going to miss or like, Seventy percent of a season, or whatever the the math adds up to, because I feel like it. LTIR as a concept is fine if it's literally we sign this guy, all right, He's injured. We're not going to get to use him whatsoever. You can go replace him, but not. Hey, he, this guy's injured for a month. I want to replace him for the rest of the year. I yeah, I, I find that concept to be really stupid, and I also feel like there should be like separate tiers of buyouts where if a guy's on LTIR, like his career is done. Take a guy like I think Brian Little. Uh, his contract, he's done. Or was it Boland? Was that the, was that the last one we picked up? Him or uh, Datsuk? We had a couple of those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had Datsuk, Pronger, uh, Hosa, Boland. Those were some of the big names. Uh, unfortunately, Brian Little will never play for the Coyotes. He took a uh, puck to the head and unfortunately suffered a concussion and I think something having to do with his ear. He had to have a surgery for um, Was it kind so. of
1: like Kurt Sauer? I forgot. He He had a head injury and. I don't I I don't remember how it was described because I was a big fan of his and my dad uh, you know, kinda knew him personally. I got to talk to him a good handful of times. It was something of like his inner ear and it messed with his balance, it messed with kind of how I, like your hand eye coordination, I think is is it a very similar concept? I, I think
0: I think so. Don't quote me on this, but I think so. I think he had something that do with his entire like eardrum had separated and he had to get surgery uh for it. Anyways, let's not keep on the grim subject here, you know. You know, sorry, Brian Little, for your situation. You are an awesome hockey player. I loved watching you. And uh, congratulations on being a Coyote alumni.
1: (laughs) I need to do a video uh, to just plug my channel because I guess I'm doing that now. I need to do a video about the all-time Coyotes legends that – like, we need to make a team a and see how good they could have been. they never played a game. I'm talking dancing, I'm talking Pronger, I'm talking Bullet. All these guys and just see, like, what kind of team we can make
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. So, the reason I bring this up is because we see over, uh, you know, a few hundred miles away in Vegas, they're essentially circumventing the cap by putting people in LTIR. I disagree with a lot of people. I think a lot of people go, oh, that's BS. Uh, for doing that. Uh, the reason I disagree is because I'd be a hypocrite to say otherwise. As a Coyotes fan, I think that taking on LTIR caps to hit the cap floor is a good thing for uh, an organization. One, because you get garbage contracts off of good teams, which makes them even better. Uh, it's all about recycling, right? When you're in a hard cap league like this, you have you have to recycle. It, it is what it is. I do think that uh, you, you can eventually see better models. Uh, people have thrown out there the baseball model, the luxury tax. I don't like that. As we saw with the very more controversial tweets coming out uh, like a week ago, the Dodgers are paying like $230 million for their, their organization. The Baltimore Orioles are paying $20 million. You know, that is insane. The difference is literally 10x. That cannot happen. You need teams to be con- uh, competitive. I could see something like basketball, where if they were drafted to your team, you can pay extra to keep them onto your team and go over the cap because uh, you drafted them. I like that model. I think that makes a lot of sense. For all the Crybaby Leaf fans out there, it would allow them to go over the cap because you know they will. Uh, that'll allow Marner, Matthews, Nylander, that allow them to go over that that cap and allow them to get better, ass, uh, better talent on their teams. Uh, as for... Where we are currently in today's league, I think that uh, the stealing people's players are never going to return and putting them on bad teams for assets, I think it's good for the bad teams because they get assets that can turn into something serious. Uh, To speak about the Brian Little uh, deal, we got a player named Nathan Smith who's playing out of Minnesota State, I believe, who their team just hit the uh, Final Four yesterday. Uh, Nathan Smith had the only goal in that game. It was a 1-0 win, and he picked up the garbage in front off of a rebound and scored it. Uh, these assets you would never see on Arizona if it wasn't for cannibalizing bad deals. Uh, it is what it is. It's an ugly side of the business where there's some scumminess there, like we saw with Tampa a couple years back. Nikita Kucherov conveniently, you know, is off of LTIR the second they make the playoffs. But, you know, it is what it is.
1: But even then, I feel like I, I feel like both of our points of view were represented there in a way that wouldn't be contradictory whatsoever because what you're talking about is those contracts are still around, they were still signed, guys still got to get paid. Those are also guys that are not going to play again. So that wouldn't kind of right how I defined it, whereas the however you want you want to call it all right whatever you know colorful term you want to use for it but when it's a guy is gonna miss a month or you know that thing with Akita Kucherov where pretty much you knew he was healthy for at least the last let's say two to three weeks but because uh, you couldn't go over the cap throughout the regular season you had to wait until the playoffs it's still one of those things where if a guy can play they should be back on your lineup and then another contract should just be terminated because that's the actual penalty when you go over the cap is that contract that caused you to go over the cap can be terminated by the league just doesn't exist anymore. So it's like, I I don't, I feel like that should be that happy medium of LTIR should exist for guys that aren't going, like actually not going to play, not guys that are going to conveniently come back in time for the playoffs, not guys that are going to miss a month, but guys that are are done.
0: I agree with you completely actually with that. I think that LTIR should be redone in a sense that it is for players who are long-term, we're talking, out for the season. It doesn't have to be your Brian Littles. It can be Dimitri Ashkin here on uh, the Coyotes. Sustained an injury like nine nine games into the, the season, not coming back till next year, right? Connor Timmons,
1: um, exact same thing. He had, what, four yeah. games or five games, and was, a, was it a knee injury out yeah. for the year, just immediately?
0: Yeah, I think there should be like a an injured reserve right? That'll kind of free up your cap space. But then once they get assessed, if it's like, if your timeline's within the Stanley Cup window, like it cannot be put on LTIR. If it's, if your timeline's past the Stanley Cup window, then you can go to LTIR.
1: Basically, it it comes down to any basic argument. You can talk about politics, you can talk about sports. Logically looking at a situation and saying, hey, here are these nice loopholes right here. Let's just close that up because this is what this rule is supposed to be for. So it's, I think it's common sense. The only people that are really against it are the, the people that, they can benefit from it. It's, I have a specific saying when it comes to, let's say, the slippery slope fallacy. Those who call something a slippery slope fallacy have something to gain by calling it that. So it's the same thing if you just translate that to the sports and the LTIR. Oh, well, it's just fine the way it is. got to be able to replace that player. Right. So that way you have a team that's like $20 million over the cap when you hit the playoffs and everyone's healthy and fun. And yep. if you couldn't ice them in the regular season, what's the logic behind icing them in the playoffs? How... How does that actually make logical sense?
0: Yeah. For sure. I say we will move on to something else here. I think that's pretty much the most of the deals that we have for Arizona. Little small ones there. Uh we moved uh blah, 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 blah. what's that guy who we picked up off of waivers? Uh, Nash Riley Nash removed him back to Tampa he was originally uh, waived by Tampa they get to go back remember this organization hates people and hates being terrible but we are nice enough to literally send a guy back to his original team that he left you know to for him to pursue a Stanley Cup but you know our team's terrible how dare us do you know <laughs> do uh homie hookups Let's right. talk
1: about the salt real quick. I guess before I move on, I, I have to talk about that Toronto salt with uh oh, okay. Seteri. Sateri,
0: yep. So what a great this name. an
1: actual <laughs> great name. This is an actual like no cap, no meme thing I saw on Twitter. Someone was mad and saying Arizona does not deserve a team because they took Soteri uh, just basically to mess with Toronto instead of Morazic, because, well, they're, they're trying to be bad anyway, right? So just take Morazic. I'm like, so what you're saying is your team signed a bad contract. Another mm. team did not want to take on that contract for nothing, but they should be forced to take on that contract so your team could benefit. it's hey I found it funny.
0: <laughs> hey, Arizona loves taking on bad contracts. If you want to give us a second round pick... We'll take it on,
1: but you mean Michael Bunting back? I'll, I'll take more (laughs) as I I want Michael Bunting back.
0: (laughs) Hey, I will say it is sad to see him go, but he served his time, you know, diligently down the a. And, uh, there's the reason that rule exists because if contracts just constantly slid and slid and slid, they would never be able to make the NHL and do what Bunting's doing. So I'm super happy to see what he's doing. Um, yeah,
1: sir. You can't take anything away from him. That's just, yeah. It he did his time.
0: Yeah, he did his time. He he's allowed to go out on parole now uh, and be <laughs> free of the, the Arizona shackles. Uh, but hey, if his buddy Austin Matthews comes to town, maybe he'll join up with him. I know that's going to piss off some Canadians. Uh, back to the Harry Terry stuff real quick. Uh, Elliot Friedman, I believe, posted on Thirty Two Thoughts, or maybe it was the podcast Thirty Two Thoughts podcast saying that five people or four to five people had put in claims on Harry Sateri. Before all the, the Toronto fans go, oh, they're just doing it to mess with us, Harry Sateri was in the Olympics. Where do you think your your GM saw Harry Sateri? The Olympics. Do you think other GMs weren't watching the Olympics and watching him win a gold medal? No. The one Anybody- against average. <laughs> yeah, like anybody in their right mind would go, Oh yeah, I'll pick him up for free. If I'm Minnesota trying to, you know, make the playoffs, you know, obviously now they have the, the, they have flurry, but beforehand, or if you're, you know, if you're Nashville or whatever, like, Oh, I'll pick up this free guy that may or may not play for us. Like, of course. And just to say, Oh, Arizona, Arizona bad. Cause they did it. Remember we trade away Scott Wedgwood. We have to insulate our players. Uh, just to put in consideration, uh, Yosef Kojanash is our backup right now because we don't want Prosvatov to come up to the, the to the NHL. We want him to stay in the A and get his time, get his experience in down there, even if uh the Roadrunners are not a great team this year.
1: Honestly, I, I know this might just be one of those things where I'm super attached to Prozy. I would have loved this. Him to get like a 10-game stretch to end this season. You see it all the time with forwards. You see it with like Clayton Keller, Peter Mueller, all those guys at the very end of of uh, what would be like their pre-rookie season. Like get a little bit of a stretch. I would just like a, a pressure-free, you know, 10 games or so for, for Prozy to come up and get a shot. Just because I kind of feel like he's going to turn into an Aiden Hill where his numbers after that rookie year are just never going to be good at the AHL level, but they come to the NHL and you give them some time, I think they'll be much better. But at the same yeah. time, I'm also uh, kind of a hopeless optimist when it comes to Kyle Kabienko and, uh, and Ivan Prozotov especially.
0: Yeah, and once again, going back to the Corey Schwab thing, right? We saw that with Hill. Uh, down the, in the AHL, okay numbers, not great. Came up to the NHL, did a lot better. Um, that is the Corey Schwab effect. That is just the Corey Schwab effect. He's a great goalie coach and being a big goalie like Aiden Hill was uh that is that is uh you know it doesn't matter how good you are as long as you're big in the NHL you'll be able to make it and as long as you've got good positioning that's what happens with uh Vimelka as well Uh, Vimelka big goalie nobody name you're like meh you know free agent pickup whatever and he's now a three-year, you know, he now has a three-year contract because of learning positioning and how important it is to the position. Uh, thanks to Corey Schwab.
1: Basically, eat your veggies, kid. Eat Just your veggies. Eat your veggies.
0: Yes, the Vegmeister get definitely is eating all the veggies, especially with that three-year contract.
1: Three all years, right. one point, or yeah, two point seven five, whatever it
0: is. Uh, anything else hockey related that you want to talk about?
1: Oh, I, I can go on for days. I I, I want to, you know, I, I want I, Josh Stone to get a game this year. I, you know, I would have loved even though I know it's a little unrealistic because, I think, is this Colin Thiessen? But used to play for ASU, immediately goes down to Tucson in his second game as a goal and an assist, so he got a bit of a a Tucson-ASU connection there. Johnny Walker, who, if you want a TLDR, was like the Clayton Keller of ASU. And I mean, like, Clayton Keller a few years ago, kind of overrated, but he can put up some good numbers, like that version of Clayton Keller. Uh, So I would have liked just, Hey, uh, our team's not very good right now. We're injury riddled. Let's get some former ASU guys (laughs) to come out there. Just why not? Because I like chaos and stupidity.
0: (laughs) And I think we're going to see a lot of that from, uh, Bill Armstrong. We're going to see a lot of college, you know, signings. Not a lot. Let me clarify, unless they're like, Oh, I don't want to play for Arizona and they leave like, uh, and Nathan Smith could potentially do. Um, I don't think that's the case. Uh, Because, and the reason I say this before a lot of people go, oh, why would Nathan Smith sign there? Uh, He would just leave and go in the offseason to become a free agent. Uh, Bill Armstrong specifically said that he contacted uh, Nathan Smith before he made the trade to talk to him about it. And after the trade, uh, he talk to Nathan Smith once again and Nathan Smith said specifically that he was really excited to play here he's really excited to become a coyote which is something you don't say if you're about to become a free agent in the offseason like you just tell the team hey I'm not interested like Jack McBain did with Minnesota say hey you know thank you for trying to pick me up but I'm gonna explore my options and that's not what Nathan Smith said he said hey I'm glad that you guys picked me up I'm interested to take this opportunity which is Points all the signs to me that he's going to probably get a contract once uh the once he's done with his Frozen Four, um, tournament.
1: I'm pretty sure once the actual college season starts, you have to wait until your college season's over to sign because that's what. Yes. At the very least, that's what happened with uh with McBain. I don't know why I don't know why I couldn't his name I, for a second.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you have to wait for your season to be over, but the second you put pink, uh. Uh, ink to paper with a NHL contract, you are no longer eligible to be in the NCAA. Uh, you are gone. You're not allowed to be yeah. there anymore. Uh, because, because you're no of,
1: longer a like, student athlete or amateur or whatever yeah. whatever it is.
0: Yeah, so but, um, the, second, the second you sign a pro career, you are no longer allowed to be in NCAA. I
1: actually forgot the point I was going to make.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I, I was just trying to get it in because uh, I... Sometimes you forget so i'm like oh, i'll throw it in there real real quick but uh yeah no i i think yeah, there's a lot to look forward to uh with the coyotes right now i there we go for a lot of people i don't know their history because a lot of people kept also saying they this team should move back to quebec which confused me because i don't think they know which team moved to phoenix in the first place uh yeah. they're getting some blake wheeler vibes but blake wheeler said he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna sign on the draft whereas these guys are like yeah no i'll sign here And the moves would not have been made without that. What benefit do they get if they just want to walk in free agency anyway? It would basically be they would have to dislike the Coyotes organization or think it's funny. And that could also hurt their reputations. Like, no matter how, there's a lot of things. I've said, I think, two or three other issues we talked about. You have to twist a lot of things there to make it make sense that, oh, Yeah. yeah, he would say he wants to be here just to not sign here
0: yeah it doesn't make any sense he if he doesn't want to sign here and he doesn't want to sign in uh that was winnipeg where he was previously he would just tell them he would just be like no i'm not interested i'm gonna try my options in free agency so it makes no sense to me why he wouldn't uh entertain the thought of signing a contract with arizona and that's a that valuable time <laughs> yeah well no one else can offer him that yeah you, so you get value oh my goodness sorry i'm watching the pittsburgh game they've now scored 11 goals on detroit oh my god i thought detroit was supposed to be good Uh, is netty in goal i don't even know they (laughs) i don't know i'm 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 just looking at the scoreboard i'm scoreboard watching anyways um, back back from my adhd trip there um yeah i see nathan smith playing some career here but that once again shows the narrative that like Everybody tries to dump on Arizona and, know oh, why would you play in a 5,000-seat arena? Oh, you're going to go from the ice den in Scottsdale, and then you're going to walk across the parking lot to go work out. Wow, how unprofessional. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But notice, once again, they're getting contracts done. They're getting people signed. Like, why is this? Because everybody wants to live in Arizona, hence why... Galchenyuk didn't sell his house, hence why Dvorak didn't sell his house, because they realize that Arizona is a nice place to live. When you don't have to walk out into negative 20 degrees Celsius to go work out every, every 6 o'clock in the morning every single day, it's pretty damn nice. You know, You deal with the on-ice problems and hope that they get hammered out because the off-ice stuff is incredible. Arizona is incredible. Low taxes, right? That's the the biz nasty, the biz nasty talk there, right? Low low taxes, low taxes. You get, you know, more money by just playing in Arizona. You have more opportunity by playing in Arizona. You have a great lifestyle. All the huge just things to do scene here. Like we've got insane bar community. We have insane gaming community. If you're, uh, you know, a um, a, somebody who likes to participate in gambling and stuff like that. Like, th- there's just massive, you know, scenes here that make you want to stay and make you enjoy life here. And uh, yeah, so the the whole narrative of like, just oh, they won't be able to get anybody. Like Bill Armstrong once again showing why that's not the case with those two college athletes, which are pretty good assets. They are. They look. They look NHL ready from everything that i'm saying
1: but even then it there's a couple of things there i guess just to kind of try to try to alley-oop on on that point there is first and foremost i I saw one tweet go out and it almost immediately like aged like like just milk in the sun or it's like oh they only have four nhl level forwards they had to specify that because there's other any like prospects and whatnot michelli and them that they didn't want to count with with that but hey i wonder how they're going to get guys to sign here and they they are still an nhl franchise you can make all the memes you i've made memes before whenever they announced the asu thing i was like oh you know it's actually fitting as they're working their way on the ice to being an nhl level team they can do the same with their building i i made that joke too because it's funny especially when we're being self-aware but There's still an NHL level team, NHL contract, NHL money, NHL ice time, ice time that no one else can afford to give you because we are still like in the basement. We're okay. Who's going to be part of, who's going to be the Mikhail Bodker, the, the Martin Hansel, who's going to be these next big core pieces. We need to give you some ice time. We need to figure that out. So you're always going to have that. And then another thing, I'm a very, very simple man. I think you've known me well, uh, long enough to know that I'm, I'm keeping things simple. These people just don't know how temporary facilities work, how construction works. They are trying to finalize the deal with Tempe. Why would you spend a bunch of unnecessary money, which could tie up money and assets you want to put into that Tempe arena, you know, into temporary solutions right now, immediately get it constructed when there is still that small level of uncertainty. You got to deal with A, B, and C first you're dealing with that and then on top of that they're paying the rent and everything up front for asu they're adding on their amenities and and the locker rooms and whatnot their training facilities to asu as well they were getting all that figured out and dealt with do you really think the training facilities in scottsdale were their number even four priority at that point it comes down to they've had a year to get everything done And they've been primarily focusing where it should be, rebuilding the actual on-ice product, as well as uh, reaching out to different brand partners. I know uh, Javier Gutierrez said that there are different brand partners that now, that they're going to Tempe, are actually willing to deal with them because they didn't really see the value out in Glendale. But there, it's going to be a really nice market where it's booming and, and just... They had their ducks in a row for all the correct things you should be focusing on. I legitimately don't think the guys are gonna care that. Oh my god, uh, this old office building is where we work out for yeah. six months, one season, and you know maybe two. I don't think they're gonna care because at that point, it, it's probably gonna give some guys like kind of a more simple chill feel which a lot of people like the Arizona hockey market for it's not a very demanding market it's very much laid back you can just kind of play your game but it's gonna it's gonna give some of these college kids kind of some nostalgic oh you know I, I get to basically just go from this setup to the the same exact setup over here and it's chill and you're probably gonna build a lot more chemistry that way anyway it's It's all how you want to look at it. And you can tell people want to be cynical and, oh, they're not a real NHL franchise because, oh my God, there's a temporary thing going on over here that they're actually trying to find a temporary solution for the temporary problem. (laughs) These people just, they want to be negative. So that's why I laugh at them. That's why I make fun of them. That's why I, I, I should say it more often, Coyotes fans, just stop engaging with them. Just drop an LOL and just let them get mad. Just let them have fun. Let them, little uh, troll, (laughs) go watch my uh, reading tweets ASU edition video because it was just people that were so big mad about yeah, don't oh don't take God. them
0: don't take them seriously just <laughs> troll them. that's what i did to all the the sports net stuff too i just i kept dropping the photo of austin matthews in the asu s- sweater you know <laughs> just to mess with them like just just do that just 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 mess with them don't don't even try to engage like just mess with them
1: you're not going to change their mind It's like, look just no. have your fun because at the end of the day one thing they can never change and they're struggling to cope with this is the NHL would rather play in a college arena than in Quebec City or Houston and you cannot say that is not an objective
0: fact. Hope. Yep. <laughs> two two quick things, two quick things I want to uh to clarify and then we're going to move off of hockey and move on to most likely baseball real quick. Uh there's not a lot going on baseball because it's still, you know, getting back up up and running. Uh but we do have uh some important things there. Uh the two quick things I'm going to say, uh the constant like I don't know where this narrative came from I think it was Friedman who I don't know where his source is everybody keeps saying oh it's a 5,000 seat arena and they're cutting out 2,000 seats there's only gonna be 3,000 seats in the arena this is not the case uh, Gutierrez has already made the claim is going to be 4,700 seats you're going to lose a small fraction to make a tunnel that goes onto the ice from their uh, annex uh, which is on the outside of the building, which they are going to be building off the building. They're not building in the building and taking seats out or anything like that. And before you make the you make the question of, well, what's the difference from 3000 to 5000 Well, with lower bowl seats, I know you guys just sit in the nosebleeds and all you think is like the cheap prices. Uh, the difference of 1,000 seats in the lower bowl is quite a lot. If you take $150 and multiply it by 1,000, that's a lot of money that you are adding on every single game. So please stop spinning that narrative of wherever you heard that from. Like it is 4,700, it will be 4,700. That is what they're going for. Stop saying 3,000. That is a big difference, amen. And uh, Pass me the rock,
1: pass me the rock real quick.
0: All right. I know <laughs> okay, exactly pass, where that came pass, from. Passing you the rock. <laughs>
1: so anyway that came from the i think it was the original announcement i don't remember if it was the craig article or the craig morgan article or if it was one of the ones like espn or sports center or whatever they said for this annex they could go down to as low as 3,400 seats it, they were still trying to figure out the details of how they were going to build it but it was most likely going to only drop down like three to five hundred seats that was what it actually said but like i said People want to be angry. They want to be negative. They want to be mad. It's like, oh, this is a joke. They're going down. They're going down to thirty-four hundred because they saw that number cited and didn't actually read. Like, if you actually read the article, they said it could, but it was yep. more likely to go down to like forty-seven or maybe like forty-five. It that's. Do you really think that they were going to go the least optimal route and take? Well, so what is that? It's that's sixteen hundred seats. That's. Is that 30%? Is that 30% of the capacity or 25%? You think they're going to take out that much of the capacity and ASU is going to be cool with that? Like, do you think that's going to work?
0: I'm doing some math on the calculator right now. So 1,600 times 150, if you sold the seats for 150, that's $240,000 that you're taking away every single game by taking out those seats. So, and yeah,
1: Gutierrez already said the tickets are going to be uh, they're going to keep a student section, which hopefully if uh, if my wife kept her ASU ID, I'll get to go to a couple of games and not have to spin an arm and a leg. But uh, <laughs> they're going to keep that section. But everything else, because it's all premium seating. It's I, yeah. I remember where your tickets were that, that game you invited me to. It's about 13 rows. So they are all premium seats. They're going to be, uh, I think, a little bit above league average. He said on his uh, his Newsmakers Week interview at 97 FM, where he said they're all going to be, I think, it's between 130 and, like, 160, if not a little bit more. And he, he even had to come out and say, look, we're not trying to forget about our about our fans that usually buy the upper bowl tickets. Just this is the reality of how we're going to have to make this work for the next couple of years. Yeah. That's why they're saying we don't really see much of a financial like, – they're." They're not anticipating a huge loss from going to heal to this because more advertising dollars, higher ticket prices, they will sell out every night. They average over 11,000 and this is one of the worst seasons of franchise history and they're on the threat of moving again. Yes, objectively, they could still move. They could be announced in a week. All right, I will Mm -hmm. give you that. There's your objective, you know, disclaimer but they all of that negativity plus the Katie Strang articles that for the most part were not were not even like properly sourced it was just a source says and i hate when people take those as fact it's literally yeah. i can go ask my dad right now what do you think about uh, kfc and he can say oh they crap in the chicken oh a source said they crap in their chicken it's, yeah. that's how easy it is to do that that well, it's misleading it's, it's yeah. 100% misleading
0: I'm so glad you brought up the Katie Strang thing because that's actually exactly what my second point was going to be about was uh, people were talking about, I saw this on, I think it was Steve Dangle or one of those ones, uh, one of the Canadians' ones, where they're just like, how does the numbers, Mason, what are the numbers, mean?" Like, because they saw the Katie Strang article and they're like, oh my goodness, look, uh, the Coyotes are only pulling in 11,000 people at Gila River and to make it operation at the the cost of the profit margins that they have currently at at Gila River, the ticket, it was something like the ticket prices are gonna have to be like $300 at ASU just to to keep up with the, the profit margins that they're making currently at Gila River. Okay, what they don't talk about is the model that you're putting on there is the operational costs of Gila River. The building is a lot smaller. Your operational costs at the ASU arena is smaller. Wow! When you have less going on there, you don't need to fork out as much money. Like, am I, am I crazy here? Am I, am I making sense? Am I making sense here? Am I figuring what? this out? <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, when you're in a smaller building, you don't pay as much for operation costs. What? i was actually gonna
1: loop back around to that like to properly elaborate that again because i touched on it and then like you just you took me touching on that and said nah give me the rock and just (laughs) dunked it because it's these people again it's purposefully misrepresenting purposefully wanting to be negative making it look as bad as possible because operational costs like you said they're gonna be lower all right uh, I used to work in the operations department at the Gila River Arena. Uh, I know my dad used to work there too, as well. There's your disclosure. I can tell you right now, the the crew is not going to need to be the size it is at Gila River yep. Arena, even full time versus part time, because yeah, it's a multi-use, multi-purpose, 5,000 seat arena. This. Yep. They're they're not going to need the amount of staff that's one department. Let alone engineering. Let alone this or that. I think ASU has their own separate engineering that would also just go over that. That goes over the different stadiums. Meaning, I don't think Arizona has to touch that. Or if they do, it's a very small portion of it. Yep. You're in a more advertising dollars going to you because less people want to deal with you at, at Heel River. So it's like. Your profits it, are
0: right there. <laughs> and, and once again, let me reiterate, go watch an Air a, or not that, ASU. Go watch an Arizona game. Tell me, how full is the bowl at Heal River Arena at most nights? Right? When you see eleven thousand people coming up to these games at Healer River Arena, more times than not, it's the Upper Bowl. Prices are a lot cheaper in the Upper Bowl. This is all premium seating. It's all lower bowl seats. If you're telling me that you have a 40 dollar nosebleed seat versus the person that's down below paying 150 dollars right what's the math on that that's a 5x profit on that you know on a on an individual seat and it's you're to telling me
1: 110 bucks extra an extra 100 yeah. bucks per ticket just to simplify it even further that's going low that's bringing it lower that's an extra 100 dollars a ticket and it's yep. oh they won't even fill this arena 11,000 out of, I think, for hockey, with standing room only, I think it's like a little over 17, but for standard hockey, it should be about 16.5 at Heeler River Arena. They
0: mm-hmm. are
1: averaging 11,000. Again, I, I need to reiterate, one of the worst seasons in history, nobody thought they were going to be good. Louis Erickson was the highlight because we all laughed at that acquisition.
0: Yeah, that, it was a good meme. Just to
1: give you an idea. I love that meme, by the way. That was the best mm-hmm. $300 I ever spent on a jersey. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it's just these people are so disingenuous, and like I used to like yep. Steve Dangle, but then he's like going off on just to TLDR the rant. Obviously, full disclosure, it's a paraphrase. They're not a real team. Uh, you know, t- you know. No juniors, wait, 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 juniors wait. Wait.
0: Juniors wait, wait, wait. <laughs> there you go. I got it for you. Junior teams have
1: higher have higher uh, attendance!
0: I uh, can go down teams, and is that <laughs> go down the the road and I'll watch an NHL game with more, more capacity. Yes, we know, <laughs> we know. It's temporary. It's well, what's the temporary.
1: ticket price? It, it's I I got temporary. it was like two years ago, two or three years ago. I, that's how long ago it was. I got a beanie and three tickets to the Tucson Roadrunners. I still have eighteen dollars on my account, by the way, for one ticket. Alright? so yeah I think the, the that convention center holds like I think it's just a little over or a little under 10,000 oh so basic numbers so they're gonna lose money Tucson makes more than Arizona no that's not how that works because the different levels of competition also the different varying prices the tickets I got for like 18 20 25 a piece are essentially a little bit worse than what the ASU seats are gonna be because they're a little higher up more rows obviously but just basic math. Junior-level teams, except for maybe playoffs, I don't know how it would work there, but just a regular season junior AHL. You are not. You are not generating $160 on average because that's the average for an NHL ticket.
0: Yeah, that's what you you pay to to go watch Sidney Crosby. You know?
1: (laughs) It's so... Oh, they can average more people they are not averaging more money. (laughs) They are just not.
0: (laughs) So... (laughs) Sorry, this is probably going to be a long episode. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk off of our chest here because of Arizona hockey that we've been we've been bundling up. All right, so next episodes will be a little bit more mixed with our content. That's not just only hockey. Um, I have one more thing to say. And once again, people go back to that Katie String article and how she talks about how they operate their AHL team too. And, oh, they're doing the same thing down the AHL. The reason why they were in kind of a dispute with their payments once again down there is they felt like they're being taken advantage of just like how they were feeling in glendale the reason why they didn't pay wasn't because they didn't have the money the reason why is it's called a negotiation tactic they thought that they could sit out on payments make them come back to the board and go okay we want our payments let's work out a two three year deal at gila river arena it's a calculation they failed on it they went quickly shortly thereafter went okay we're gonna go to asu the same thing is happening down at the tcc tucson convention center they were promised that they were going to get in arena upgrades if you've ever been to the tcc i like it down tucson it's in a great area actually the tcc it's right downtown they refixed uh the tucson downtown area it's actually a lot better it was it was real rough 10 years ago nowadays it's it's, a lot better now yeah it's nice now it's basically a mini phoenix yeah, it is, it's like a micro-Phoenix. And mm-hmm. the the reason uh, that they've been having disputes, and Mr. Gutierrez even said this while they were talking about... I think he was getting interviewed about the ASU Arena, is they were promised upgrades that uh, Tucson has not upheld yet. And if you've gone to the TCC, it is an old building. It is very old. It's like, what, 80s or 90s, I think? Uh, it, is, it is nowhere near... Nice. (laughs) I'll be real with you. I think there's like three bathrooms for boys and girls.
1: Weird areas too. Yeah, it's one off in the far corner, like where it's like it's like a U shape ends. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like 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 a U shape, and it's
0: it's like it's like all the bathrooms are down here. It's it's not good. It's it's it needs some some love. You you don't have any really ability to to broadcast very well, like. There's no, like, upper area. Now, granted, it is AHL. You're not going to need, like, fancy, fancy broadcasting or anything like that, but look at the San Diego goals. Look at how well they're doing. They have a good building. They have a good fan base because of the success that they're they're able to push. And when you are promised upgrades and you aren't getting them, what are you going to do? Just keep paying them, or are you going to start fighting back with negotiation tactics?
1: And right here... I I need to jump in. You forgot one little, not like, Oh, you forgot, but it's like, you you didn't mention this one other part that also strengthens Arizona's case. Because since people want to be like, Oh, they're poorly run down there. Uh, Gutierrez even said himself, it was in that article talking about the ASU thing with Craig Morgan, because they brought it up kind of seemingly randomly. He mentioned that the ticket fees are some of the highest in the AHL because that original agreement was to have the renovations and that money to go to that. Yep. But that is literally the main reason. So they're like, yeah, we are committed to keeping, you know, the Roadrunners it not only in Arizona, but in Tucson, Tucson's rallied around them. Uh, they've done, they've done pretty well with the sugar skulls as well. Tucson's not a bad yeah. market. Uh, I no. hate the college team, but I, I embrace the Roadrunners and I embrace and- that market in still Arizona, but it, <laughs> There's, they have actual like standing there. Same thing with the Coyotes. City of Glendale wanted to strong arm a twenty-year agreement. That was cited by multiple sources, including I think Gutierrez as well. I think it was him or another executive with the Coyotes and the City of Glendale were the ones that originally uh, reneged on a fifteen-year agreement. They For tore you? it up. So it's oh yeah yes yes. The city of Glendale had every right to be upset that the counties were not paying their bills. Yes, yep. Marullo should have been paying his bills because it was a very stupid mistake. When you go against the government, as soon as the tax man has a case against you, you messed up. But with that disclosure out of the way, with giving you that that concession, they soured the relationship themselves and Marullo yep. very clearly saw it as it's not worth like, being here for five more years, and he was trying to put his money where it should be, going to Tempe, and then as soon as everything hit the fan, checks were sent to the state, to the city, yeah. money was paid, the Coyotes can't pay their bills? No. They chose not to, because you do not write, what was it, it was a uh, $1.6 or $2 million worth of checks? You do yeah. not write that, and not have the funds... Because if they, if those checks would have bounced, the league would have had to have stepped in and they it would have been announced right there that they're in talks to move to Quebec or Houston because that would have actually been an embarrassment to the league. Everything they've been yep. saying is an embarrassment to the league is not. Look, I know I'm a weirdo. I love watching like YouTube videos about like corporate politics and stuff like that because it's really interesting. If yep. you just pay attention to it, You look at this and you're like, that's what's going on. They're not going to tell you because why would they? That's not good business. That gives the enemy or who you're negotiating, whatever the the terminology you want to use, your opposition. Thank you. That's a Mm -hmm. very good, very good terminology that gives your opposition uh, political capital uh, whatever context you want, because obviously you have capital for politics, for business, whatever. It gives them more of that and takes it away from you, makes you look bad. Of course. Of course they are not going to say, oh, yeah, no, we just didn't want to pay our bills. Because do you really think that they just (laughs) – a clerical error? Oh, we just – we thought we were sending the checks, but, you know, they just didn't. They didn't go through. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I guess we're getting into the weeds of this. I I was going to try to keep this short, but first episode, we'll we'll make it a fun one. We're already uh, – We're an hour and 20 minutes into this, but we are going – we're going all the way, baby. We are. We're making this a big, a big shebang for the first episode. It won't be as as long usually. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll try keep it around forty minutes to an hour uh, for future ones. But we we got so much stuff to talk about, so we're talking about it. Um, I want to talk about the financials of the Coyotes real quick because uh, that's another argument everybody always tries to make against them. Um, I don't think it was a clerical error with that. That was a negotiation tactic, and that is damn well why they did not pay Glendale was it was a negotiation tactic that got foiled because Glendale immediately ran over to Katie Strang and started crying uh you know crying about it they got the tax
1: man you can't yeah they got they got Al Capone all right the tax man's the only man I fear that's the only man I fear
0: yep uh so uh two quick things I wanted to say uh back in the middle of the lockdown uh, they did not pay bonuses to players like I think it was Derek Stepan and maybe another couple other people. Um, and per, diem, I as well do, as per diems. I do. Per diems. Okay. It could have been legitimately that he didn't have the money, right? Because remember, this is a man who has $15 billion in assets. That is not money. It's not like. He has that money lying around that is assets. And when your assets are not making you money because you're in the middle of a lockdown, it makes it really hard when also all those assets are locked down. Nobody's going to the casino in Reno to go gamble when you're in the middle of the lockdown. Okay. And guess what? That building still needs upkeep. That building needs a bunch of money, right? So this man was taking on a bunch of debt during the middle of the the lockdown. It would not shock me if he was struggling going, holy crap, it's either I lose my building in Reno or I wait a couple weeks on sending my per diems to my players. Yeah, it sucks. And I do think it could have been a clerical error there too. I think that's what they, they used as, as that there too. It probably was his first yeah. year
1: as owner. It's possible, but yeah, I, I it's and, more it's much more likely what you said.
0: And 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 um another thing to 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 play devil's ag- advocate for his side is I believe uh John Chyka had left the organization maybe two months three months after that that problem happened, and if I'm an owner, and John Chica's handling the most of the operation sides because remember he wasn't just GM he was president uh, of hockey operations as well uh and then uh, uh Aaron Cohen was the uh uh sh- sh- CEO or CFO C- CEO I think it was CEO maybe I don't know I just know that John Chica took the GM side and the the hockey operation side that guy leaves all of a sudden you may miss out on some payments that you didn't know about because you don't you haven't found your suitor yet. Remember, Bill Armstrong at the time was not in office. He was still searching for a general manager. So there is something to say there that there could have been some clerical errors there. If I had to guess, uh Mr. Morello is good with his money. He's not that dumb. I think he probably was struggling because we were in the in the middle of something that was, you know, completely unprecedented times. That would be my assumption with that. Uh, With the um, arena thing, with the money not happening with the arena thing, that was negotiation. And lastly, once again, if the man doesn't have money, why did he spend $25 million on an annex and then also put three years of rent in advance?
1: And then on top of that right there, you actually just strengthened – I don't know if you realize it. You just strengthened the clerical error argument because John Chica, GM, and uh, president of Hockey Ops, he actually left – he left the organization right around when they went into the bubble. And that's when a lot of those payments were missed. So if anything, that – put even though I still think it has more to do with when the government says XYZ are not allowed to operate – so you're you still obviously pe- people got to get paid to go to work to maintain stuff where pe- a lot of times employers were paying uh, people to stay home because you couldn't really do much. A lot of money was just being lost. You have money mm-hmm. going out, nothing coming in. So if anything, I still think that's mo- most likely that, but it's also strengthens the argument that it could have legitimately just been a clerical error because it was wrapped up what within a week, He had that fixed and everyone got what they were entitled to. So it's just, look. Did things happen? Yeah. But did anything happen that was shady or a a sign that everything was crumbling? No. Because yeah. literally, if you look at just very basic economics right now, children, are you seeing how all the prices on everything have gone up, like skyrocketing to ridiculous rates? That's because the amount of money companies lost in 2020, they're trying to get back immediately. And that's yeah. bleeding into 2022, potentially yeah. 2023. <laughs> Yep. Just,
0: just remember, just people, saying. those gas prices that you're paying right now only spiked for a short period of time because of the conflicts, and all of a sudden, that oil, it, the barrels that they're importing are to the United States are back to the same price that they were before the conflict. Yet, what you're paying is flat lines. It's because, essentially, the oil companies are locking in their profits from what they lost from previous couple of years unfortunately that is the sad reality of the gas prices that we're dealing with right now and what we're seeing with other things. Pretty um,
1: much if you can if you can get a scapegoat it's uh an ill a virus's fault it's inflation you can if you can put a scapegoat to it companies take advantage of it. Yeah. Right there. Just yep. like anyway that got a little too little too on the on the financial well, yeah side. political
0: side political side we're not we're not Trying to push. We're we're all sports here, baby. Doesn't matter what what political
1: sports and numbers, and, yes. I, and that backed up by numbers. So I'll, we're gonna go ahead and give it a pass, but we'll censor a lot of it. <laughs> all
0: right. I think we're good to finally get off the hockey talk. The ho- the honky tonk. Honky uh, tonk. Let's get into uh, baseball. Cattell Marte, looking at potential extensions. Do you? What what are your thoughts on this? I think this is for me myself good do it
1: um uh, not you but a different richard on twitter i actually kind of agree with his mindset so i'll just paraphrase what he said that's probably going to be the first like universally liked move that the Dvax could do to kind of rally the fans back and show them there is something like they're 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 going to do something they're trying to get yeah. their team back on track because the the rumor is it'll be a five-year deal it'll take him till he's 33 uh please put him back at second base i didn't think he was doing that bad at center field till i saw some of the advanced numbers i'm not going to pretend i understand them but when people that are talking about them and presenting them like they do understand them are saying this means bad put him back at second base uh, i think what varsho plays catcher in center field you have people that can go play in the field so it's replace that put him back at second base give him that extension you need to have a franchise face look uh, I know the era that I grew up in was a little weird because I I liked uh, Eric Burns and Steven Drew but I really couldn't tell you who the actual face was supposed to be at that point but if you want people to rally around you got to have a Paul Goldschmidt a Devin Booker uh, a Shane Doan you got you have to have a lightning rod you have to have someone to say we know this guy isn't going anywhere so I think that that would be good just don't do the classic overpaying thing just do the standard overpaying thing just just do yeah. that
0: part i think i think monetarily you can overpay don't put a lot of term onto it you know i think 5 years is, is good like i think that's the right amount and i think that's a guy who you want to stick around you know every all signs point to good guy keep him around
1: Now, off Uh, baseball because no one watches baseball anymore, except for me because I like having a notepad. I'm going to say beer, but I never drink beer, but I want to be American right now. So I got a beer in one hand, a notepad in the other, passed out on my recliner watching baseball. That's the American dream, baby.
0: Yep. (laughs) Never take any time off work until I I need six days off to die. That's that's my American (laughs) dream. I'll sleep
1: when I'm dead. I'll sleep. (laughs) So... (laughs) Go ahead and talk about Devin Booker. Yes. Devin, Devin, I, I I, do have to, I do, oh, I know, I I do this a lot, but if I, have, if I had a controversial opinion, I do believe disclosure is proper. I thought he was overrated for the longest time. Like, he's on a bad team, he's putting up big numbers, he's the only good player on a bad team. He's probably yeah. not elite, he's probably just very good. He is on a different level for at least the last two and a half, three, maybe even three and a half years. He, in my opinion has to be at least a top 15 if not slightly higher current NBA player and he absolutely should be in the MVP conversation I have a statistic right here I want to read it off so players in NBA history averaging 25 5 and 5 with an 800 record or better Larry Bird Michael Jordan Charles Barkley LeBron James a couple of times Steph Curry Harden and Giannis All of them went on to win MVPs that season. The only other player, Devin Booker this year. If if there isn't something right there to show how valuable he is, it is normally the best player on the best team. I understand there are some flaws with that. Yes, there is a legitimate argument that uh, if you take Devin Booker off the team, they're still a very good team. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, I do not think they are – it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker, obviously – but if you take one of them off the team, they're not a championship contender. They're a very good team, but they're not a, a contender. I think that should be more than enough logical reasoning. On top of that, he has a lot of really good statistics to back it up. Dro- casually dropping a 49-point game the other night, you know, yeah. on uh, the team that were the first team to 50 wins, and they held on to that tie- that for, like, what, 25, 23 or 25? More than 20 days. Uh, they were yep. the first team to clinch a playoff spot. They clinched first in the West. I think there were only two or three other teams that clinched a playoff spot by yeah. the time the Suns had done all of that. Look, yeah. case closed, he should at least be top three in consideration. Does he need to win it? Well, I would like that because I think Nash won it with a little bit less, even though I love Steve Nash. But I, I think Booker right now, probably better than Nash was at least one of those two years he won. So
0: yeah, he I should agree.
1: be a finalist.
0: Yeah, I think I think Booker definitely is shown to be that he probably is going to outshine Nash for that. You know what? Most valuable player that the Suns have maybe have ever seen on their team. best
1: son of all time. If he w- yeah. if he lifts that trophy over his head, like I said, I love Steve Nash. I'll forever love Steve Nash. Devin Booker will be the king of Arizona. It, yeah, you you can't if. If we get that title, especially if they end up trying to make, like, another run or two in the next three years after that, forget about it. The Cardinals can win a Super Bowl. The Coyotes can win back-to-back Cups. Devin Booker is still the man in the Valley if, yeah, if that Yeah, happens. I agree.
0: Yeah, I think, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially if the major four sports, you know, he definitely will go down in history as probably the greatest Arizona athlete ever if he can if he can uh lift that you know championship over his head i have a, one more question yes basketball sir related.
1: <laughs> basketball let's play it
0: do you think chris paul sticks around long term
1: well he has i think it was a four-year deal he just signed this year is guaranteed i think it's half of net no it's a three-year deal the the exact details are escaping me, but this year, fully guaranteed. Next year, I think it's half the season is guaranteed. The mm-hmm. other year after that, not guaranteed at all. They theoretically can cut it and it's just fine. I think yeah. if they keep up this level of play, if they keep this up and if they win a championship and they at least make it to, let's say, the Western Conference Finals the year after, they still show they're relevant, I don't see why he wouldn't. Even if they end up not picking up an option and he re-signs for a little bit cheaper, does I don't really know. That would be up to to Chris Paul, obviously. But I I don't see why he wouldn't stick around if this team is still you know firing on all gears. Because, well, well, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, that core brought them to to playoff contention. Chris Paul was the piece that helped bring it all to him and Monty Jones or Monty Williams. Excuse me. I don't know why. Monty Jones used to work for the Coyotes. I apologize. Monty, 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 Monty Python. Williams. Wait, no. <laughs> Monty Williams yeah. are two of the most integral pieces to the entire the entire ship being yeah. where it's
0: at. I agree. All right. Well, is there any Wanna talk elder... rattlers
1: for five minutes?
0: I don't know much about rattlers, but if you want to go on some spicy takes of of you venture into this territory on yours, yes, you so absolutely go for it.
1: Watch the Rattlers, okay? We have a trash football team in Glendale that's never won anything, that will never win anything. I only love them because I'm a hopeless buffoon that grew up in this state and will never give up on my teams. Gosh darn it! But the Arizona Rattlers have gone to -to back-to-back United Bulls. They, after having a sluggish start in that week... Well, they're week one, but I think it's technically week two. The IFL is really weird with how they do their weeks, and the Rattlers almost never play on the opening weekend. But uh, with their first matchup uh, against Duke City was a rematch of the the semifinals last year. Sluggish start, the defense clamped down in the second half. Uh, Drew Powell and the offense got back to where they needed to be and blew them out. The final score was 50 to 28. No points allowed in the second half. That's how well that defense played. Indoor football is designed to be a high-scoring affair. And Duke City is not a bad team. They are not. Look, look. I really need to confirm if Dan Bickley's story is true, that back in the 90s or whatever it was, the Rattlers advertised, if you want to watch playoff football, you watch us. But I'm going to go ahead and say that's headcanon. Because if you want to watch playoff football, if you want to watch an actual MVP candidate quarterback, because Drew Powell won the league MVP last year by the by, if you want to watch actual elite-level football, go down to the Footprint Center, you enter that snake pit, you you buy whatever stupid merchandise there are, and and you just get down with this football team. Why are we not talking more about this I I, I like top. Get down there. It's one of the most unique experiences. People say it about hockey all the time. Live, it's a different beast. All right. My first ever game, I think it was around 2012 when they were in the middle, actually starting, excuse me, starting their three-peat dynasty with uh, the Latin Laser, Nick Davila, Tyson Poots, Maurice Purify, all all those wonderful offensive players. And they were starting that. The atmosphere was ridiculous. I had only heard about them kind of in passing. It's, It's such a fun Fun place to be. Go watch Rattlers football.
0: <laughs> they and
1: play they got, again on Monday.
0: <laughs> and they got sexy merch. Do they still? Uh, are they still putting the games on YouTube as well?
1: Yes, you, yes, they are. Okay, uh, I think it's on the Indoor Football League channel. But definitely check out their games. If, if we on the YouTube version of this, we need to leave a, a link or something to the IFL channel, so that way people can watch. I, even tickets are also cheap. I bought two season tickets this year uh for two hundred bucks. It's one hundred well a little bit under a hundred bucks per ticket. Uh so it's it's beyond affordable. It's really entertaining. They've gone like I said back to back United Bulls. They have six championships in their history, five of those being Arena Bulls and they were in the AFL and their first year in the IFL in 2017 they won. Look, I can praise them all day. They got some things to work on, sure, whatever. We're Arizona sports. I'm used to disappointment, but I'm very very seldomly disappointed by the Arizona Rattlers. There I got to talk about Rattlers on my podcast.
0: <laughs> for sure. And and if you're if you're not a basketball guy and you don't want to watch what's going on with the Suns right now, uh but you want to support a winner and not be a bad bandwagoning loser, uh Rattlers <laughs> are where it's at. So for sure. And once again, super easy access to tickets prices are cheap and you can also watch them on uh youtube and there's no subscription or anything that you have to pay for so definitely give them a watch
1: make sure to rise for your rattlers god (laughs) i'm so i'm so pumped i feel like ron wolfley except for rattlers football is real football god (laughs) can you dig it (laughs) Clip that. That needs to be the first clip. That needs to be the All
0: first right. thing. Going. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a soundboard. That'll be on the soundboard.
1: <laughs> ah, I'm the Rob Wolfley of indoor football. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and any closing thoughts? Any any last I, couple a couple things you got?
0: We we got we got one long episode here. This is about an hour and thirty plus minutes. So I think uh, first episode. This is gonna be great. We'll try to get some clips out for. Uh, you know, shortened sections of what we talk about on this podcast onto the YouTube channel. Overall, I think we had a great discussion, maybe a little bit long on the coyote side, but we're, it's going to be a little coyotes weighted on this podcast. It won't be as weighted as it was, uh, today, but we, we, we had, we had a lot to get off our chests specifically with, uh, with, uh, the, the people north of the border, the the top <laughs> hat of America, we we need to discuss some things with them. But, Pretty much
1: uh, the best way to describe it, go to my YouTube channel, AZ Sports Guy. If you want to kind of get – it's going to be a little little more well-balanced than that, but if you want to kind of get an idea for where the balance is at versus like D-backs baseball, like Arizona Coyotes hockey, go look at that and then what videos I make, how many about different sports, and that's kind of going to generally – translate over here mainly because we're primarily hockey guys and I don't care if you're not a hardcore baseball fan you can't tell me sitting down for an afternoon with a beer in your hand and just relaxing at a ballpark is not a fun afternoon like we're gonna beautiful talk some V-backs beautiful <laughs>
0: sightlines. buildings getting a little old but uh beautiful I love I love going to baseball stadiums they have incredible feeling to them when you get to sit down in that seat and just see the grand structure that you get to, to you know look at and say this is this is premier North American sports
1: it's a tear to your eye uh, it's, uh, mm. I, it's hard to describe I'll never be as hardcore into baseball as I am into hockey I I will live and breathe hockey ask my wife the amount of times I've come home from work and just gone right in here to work on hockey related content but baseball is like a close second because man just relaxing. It's just, it's peace. It is just bliss. Unless your team's down by six runs and you're like, you know what? (laughs) I think it's okay to go home and uh, go play Skyrim for the 37th time.
0: No need to, no need to stand for the stretch because I'll be already home, baby. (laughs) All
1: right. All right. It's been long enough. I'm pretty sure I've sweat through my hockey jersey right here.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for watching everybody. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, remember, if you want to view any of our, you know, episodes on any podcasting platform, we have links down below. So make sure to follow us on whatever channel that you uh, listen to your podcasts on. Uh, give us a like and a follow. We're a small channel, but we're, we got big goals, big ambitions.
1: Big hearts. Got it. Got it.
0: Big, <laughs> big hearts. Big
1: old hearts. That, that beat for losing sports teams. But we love it. We love
0: it. (laughs) All right. See you guys later.
1: My name is AZ Sports Guy and I have a small, small erection.